Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of taking out two Sifri Torah. From the first one, we're going to read the first parsha in Sefer Vayikra, Parshas Vayikra, which according to the Chino contains 11 positive mitzvos, five restrictions, the introduction and the specification of the basic korbanos, the offerings that the Jewish people brought to Hashem. And please God, when we will have the third brace of Migdash, will bring to Hashem. And the second Sefer Torah is that of Parshas Zohar. According to most commentaries, the reading of Parsha Zohar is Oraisa, is biblical. And that's why it's interesting the Shulchan Aruch goes out of its way to say that if a person lives in a small town and he is not sure if there's going to be a minion in the town the Shabbos, they should make other arrangements and go to a community where there will be a minion for Parshas Zohar. And so similarly, I say to anybody who's listening that if they know in advance that they're not going to be in a situation where they'll be able to hear Pasha Zohar, it's certainly best to try to make those kind of arrangements. So before we go any further, let's take a peek at Parshas Zohar. It's found the last paragraph of Parshas Kiseitse, and that's at the end of Kiseitse, uh, the end of chapter 25, Pasuk 17, 18, and 19, where the Torah tells us to remember that which Amalek did to you, Baderech, literally on the way when you were leaving Egypt. When one nation attacks another one, very often they want the land. Amalek didn't want our land. And so what was it? Go to the next verse. Ashakorcha baderech, who happened to chance upon you on the on the way. Vaizanev Bukha, and he attacked you literally from behind, like a tail, Kolanechasholimacharecha. All those who were straggling from behind, the elderly, the weak, you as a people were not fit to go to war against them. You were weary and tired. And interesting, the Torah says, Elohim, and Amalek did not fear God. Now, what does that mean? Amalek didn't go to any yeshiva. Why should? How could Amalek have feared Hashem? And the answer to that is because the entire world knew of the splitting of the Red Sea. Shamu Amim Yirgazun. Literally, the entire world heard and they were frightened. They realized of the close relationship that Hashem had with the Jewish people. And so Amalek did not fear God and to cite the famous example that Rashi gives to what may be compared. It may be compared to a boiling tub that everybody is afraid to go in because it is too hot. One fool jumped in. He truly burnt himself. However, in the process, 
he cooled it off for others. And so too, Amalek, who was defeated or certainly weakened, as we're going to read on Purim morning, the last nine verses of Beshalach, yet he paved the way for others to attack the Jewish people. So the Torah says, V'hoyon it shall be. V'oniach Hashem when God is going to give you rest. Mikol from your enemies. Misaviv about. Ba'aretz in the land that, that Hashem is giving you as an inheritance. Timcheh ezecher Amalek. You are to blot out the memory of Amalek. Mitachas HaShamayim from under the heavens. Lo tishkach. Don't forget. It's interesting, the paragraph begins with Zohar, to remember, and it ends with the words, Lo Tishkach, not to forget. The rabbis say from here we learn that Zohar is Paper, you are to articulate, not just remember in your mind, and Lo Tishkach, literally in your mind and in your heart. Interestingly, we learn from this word Zohar, that just as the word Zohar here, means to articulate, so too when we come to the table Friday night and the Torah says, Zohar, as Yom HaShabbos show to remember the Shabbos, to sanctify it, we don't stand around the table and say, ah, everybody, remember Shabbos. But just as here it means to articulate, so too we recite the Kiddush, we articulate the sanctity of Shabbos on Friday night. The Torah doesn't tell us how often all the rules of Pasha Zohar, how often this is to be recited, and therefore the rabbis tell us that even once a year would keep this fresh in our memory, and the Torah doesn't tell us when to do it. So our rabbis have taught us that we read Pasha Zohar on the Shabbos annually before Purim, because Haman Harasha from the Megillah, was a descendant of Amalek, and therefore, before we celebrate Purim annually, we are reminded of the very important lesson of Timchet Ezecher Amalek. Now, I'd like to tie, just for a moment, the two Sifrei Torah that we have together. We begin the book of Korbanos. Now, the reason for per- karbonos. There's no question about it that if someone says, this is a chok, this is a law without a reason. Because after all is said and done, does God need our karbonos? Of course not. He doesn't need anything. We are the ones who need. Now, the Rambam, Maimonides, in his More Nevuchim, in his Guide for the Perplexed, in Book 3, Chapter 46 offers a explanation for Korbanos, and he says that basically it is to wean Yisrael, the Jewish people, from idolatry. We were in Egypt, and we saw how the sheep was considered the god of Egypt. So we are told to take those very animals. The goat was the god of the Chaldeans. The cattle was the god of India. We're to take their gods and literally slaughter them. And in the process of so doing, we direct this to Hashem, bringing us closer to God. 
the Ramban has a different reason for Korbanos, to look upon as that which is happening to the animal, as if it's happening to us. Also, the effect upon the Korbanos in the heavenly strata. The bottom line is that according to the Rambam, the purpose of Korbanos is to take the people away from Avodazara idolatry. Now, what is Avodazara? Avoda means service. Zara, which is strange and foreign, meaning that which is not directed towards Hashem. Now, what is Amalek? Amalek stands, as the rabbis tell us in the second verse of Pasha Zohar, Ashakorcha. Amalek stands for Mikra. Mikra means literally to chance. There is no one calling the shots according to Amalek, meaning that there is man at the center of the universe, and we say, no. Anima min be'emuna shlema. The Rambam, who codifies and lists 13 basic uh, principles of faith, Anima min be'emuna shlema. I believe with complete faith. Shabore is borach shemo, that the Creator, blessed is His name. Borei umanhig l'chol abruim. He creates and guides all creatures. And he alone, he alone has made, makes, and will make. God directs history. Now this is very, very important because this is, in reality, Purim. After all, before we read the Megillah, please God, next Wednesday night, Next Thursday, we recite three brachos. The second bracha is She'oso Nisim Lavosenu, the exact same bracha that we recited on Hanukkah. Hanukkah, the miracle was obvious. A little bit of oil lasted eight days. Where's the miracle here? The miracle here is clearly that even even though each chapter in of its own does not seem to be miraculous, when you look and realize that it's God who orchestrated the entire thing and that there is no such thing as mikre. But if you turn the letters around, it's all rak me Hashem. It's all that which comes from God. And so the purpose of Parsha Zohar is for us to put things in the right perspective. And allow me once again to draw from the Megillah. But before we so do, let's remind ourselves that what is a Amalek? Amalek is that people, and this is how the late Reb Chaim Briska identified the term Amalek, those people who have as their raison d'etre, their very purpose for being, the desire to, God forbid, annihilate and kill the Jewish people, as Haman attempted to do. And as we have to this very day, Iran, ISIS, and who could have believed that in the United States Congress, somebody would actually stand and espouse anti-Semitism. Now, how are we to react to this? So, the instinctive reaction is we have to double 
our political involvement. And we do have to get involved with lobbying Congress and make and speaking out certainly against anti-Semitism. That is correct. However, there are some very important lessons, two in particular, that I believe we ought to learn from the Megillah. If you take a look in the Gemara Megillah 15b, so the Gemara asks when Mordechai tells Esther in chapter 4, go to the king and plead for the lives of the Jewish people. In chapter 5, when she goes, she forgets her line. Instead of saying, save the Jews, what does she say? Uh, uh, could the king and Haman come to my party? Now, as a result of that, asking the Gemara says, why? Why does she invite Haman? Let the king come that she can present her case. So the Gemara tells us in the name of Reb Nechemia, quote, Kedei Shalom Yomer Yisrael, so that the Jewish people shouldn't say, Achos Yeshlonu Beveis HaMelech, we have a sister in the royal palace, we're well connected, and as a result of that, they're going to rely upon Esther, and they're going to neglect praying for Hashem's mercy. The idea is what brought about the salvation of the Jewish people at that time, of course, Mordechai and Esther, but ultimately the Gemara is saying it was the prayers, the fasting, the unity of the Jewish people. And going one step further, on the verse in chapter 6, when the king can't sleep, and who is that king? And we know it's not only Achashverosh, but it's God himself. So in the Megillah we read that Haman took the levush and sus. He took the garments of the king, he took the horse of the king, and goes to find Mordechai. He finds Mordechai giving a shear. He waits to the end and he asks the students, what was it all about? And the students say he was telling us about Kamitsa, that when a person in this week's parasha, chapter 2 of Ayikra, brought a korban mincha, brought a meal offering, the Kohen took a fistful of the fine flour, said Haman to the students of Mordechai. Listen carefully. He said the following, that your taking of the kemach, your taking of the um, flour, did more than my 10,000 uh, talents of silver that I had prepared for the um, annihilation of the Jew. So once again, what does it show? It shows that the idea of our performing mitzvos is what ultimately saved the day. And finally, the Rambam, in his introduction to his order of mitzvos, how he presents them in the work of the Rambam. The Rambam writes, how could the rabbis institute mitzvos? Is it not a violation of Baltosef? 
You shouldn't add to the Torah. And he says, absolutely not. The rabbis always find a source from within the Torah. And what is the source of Purim? Turn to the fifth book of the Torah, chapter 4, verse 7. Kimi goi godol, says the Rambam. Who is a nation such as the Jewish people? that has a God who's so close to it, as our God, that when we call out to Him, He is there for us. This, my friends, is Purim. So, of course, we have the mitzvot hayom, but we can't forget how our growing in our devotion to Hashem is the greatest response an ultimate response to anti-Semitism. I pray that our reading of Parsha Zohar is going to inspire us and that we're going to have not only a meaningful Shabbos, but we'll take this very much to heart as we go into the festive Yom Tov of Purim. Shabbat Shalom to all.